I love God. You love the Lord? Say, I love the Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing up today, God. Uh, we are continuing our sermon series called Oldest Trick in the Book. Guess what we're going to be talking about today? One of them, yep. One of the oldest tricks. And uh, this, today we're going to be talking about pride. Ooh, yeah. That good old pride monster. So what this actually is today for you is a, it's a, it's, today I have for you a, a new meal, but an old recipe. So say new meal, meal. old recipe, old recipe, recipe because this was something that, that I spoke about back in 2016. So it was even before this church was formed or this campus was formed. Uh, we did a ser- we did a sermon series called Seven Deadly Sins, and Pride was one of them. And so when I went back and looked at this, I said, I don't need to add anything to this. It's an old recipe, but a new meal. Come on. So, all right, let's get into this thing. Um, all right, Pride. It's easy. So we're going to go into the points. We're going to we're going to hammer this thing. We're going to get into scripture and see where we see uh, how it affected people. So um, if you're taking notes, friends, really easy. We're going to go right into point one. Point one, friends, pride creeps in slowly. Pride creeps in slowly. So uh, pride creeps in slowly. Uh, I would say the majority of people who have it didn't start with it. Like you didn't start like, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it, it was something that slowly, and we're going to go into some, we're going to go into some, some scriptural accounts on, on we'll see like how people started in a humble manner, but then didn't end in a humble manner. Uh, so, you know, this whole thing about pride is, you know, for us to, to keep from it, we have to continue to humble ourselves and submit to him daily. When, the, when we stop humbling ourselves, because humbling yourself is not fun, right? Like, like, like who, like, like how many times in church are you like, Today, we're going to humble ourselves like you don't do that, right? Like it's not fun because humbling yourselves is, is it hurts usually because what it means is it actually causes you to put yourself in a lower position and our flesh and our self and our sinful nature wants to elevate us and wants us to be in a higher position. So when you actually humble yourself, it doesn't feel good. And what even feels worse than that is you being humbled. (laughs) Have you ever been humbled? If you're married, raise your hand. You've been humbled, right? God said it is not good that man should be alone. He's like, we're going to help you with your pride right here. Boom, woman. Bam. Keep you humble. My wife and I, in our earlier stages of marriage, uh, and when we were young and dumb, we used to say, the Lord has placed me in your life, finish it, to crucify your flesh. (laughs) It's true, right? 
I know, I know, we, I, mean, I mean, we didn't say, you know, like, to be a helpmate, to better each other, to uplift each other, to encourage one another, to get old on rocking chairs and have grandbabies. No, God placed you in my life to help crucify your flesh. <laughs> like I said, young and dumb. But it was true, and it's still true. You know it's true. Pride. Pride can be defined as this. If you were to look up pride in the dictionary, it would have words like this. It would say high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity. I, that just sounds funny, doesn't it? Uh, importance, merit, or superiority, whether as cherished in the mind or displayed in bearing or conduct. So basically saying pride could be something that's inside somebody's mind, like how they think about themselves, or it can be displayed. It's how they act. It's how they, it's how they bear. It's how people, you know, they conduct their lives. Um, it says, a becoming or dignified sense of what is due to oneself. I deserve that. One's position, self-respect, or self-esteem. So pride is it's this high opinion of yourself. And you can either think that of yourself, you can act that out, or you could have these beliefs that you are owed stuff, which is pride. How many of us know what we're owed in Christ? Death, <laughs> right? For the wages of sin is, so what's a wage? A wage is something that you get paid for work, right? You work, you earn a wage, right? You get that nice paycheck at the end of the week, you earn that. You work hard for that. The wages of sin, how many of us sin? So you earned death. <laughs> but the grace of, right? The grace of Christ, the grace of the Lord, right? Eternal life comes through him. He paid that price. He said, you know what? Here, let me take that wage away from you. So this whole thing on pride. Now, I, um, I have a hard time preaching on pride because it's like one of the things I always have to die to. So, so it's like, so, so I, I, pre I, preach, I preach this thing not as one who's attained humility. <laughs> it's something that I continue to work out. And it's, I think it's something that we will always have to continue to work out. And the way that the pride monster may attack you may be different than the way the pride monster attacks me. And we'll see that like it manifests itself in different ways, and we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. Um, so uh, talking about uh, thinking of yourself more highly than you ought, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says this. It says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, so that I'm saying this, by the grace given to Josh Hester, I'm preaching this to you. <laughs> do not think of himself or do not think of oneself. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Then it says, but, say but. but. You love big buts. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So he's saying, don't think of yourself in a high fashion Think of yourself with sober judgment. What's sober judgment? Sober, so, sober judgment is realizing what you look like apart from Christ, everything that God, that you have, everything, every achievement that you've ever earned, everything that you've ever uh, slaved or worked or sweated or bled for is because of him. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Romans chapter 3, it continues in Romans 12 when you when you're scrolling down that chapter and you're getting spanked by God by reading Romans 12, and then you go to verse 16, it says, live in harmony with one another. 
Do not be proud. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Come on, somebody. Do not be conceited. I mean, it's just like smack, 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 smack. Because all too often what happens is we arrive at a place and then we begin to believe that we're better than the person who hasn't arrived there yet. Right? It happens. It happens. It could be, it could be in your job. It could be in life. It could be, you know, anything. It could be financially. You know, you've moved out of the hood and now you're living, you know, in the suburbs. And so now hood people, you know, you cringe when you see them. Scripture says, don't, don't be proud. Be willing to associate. Friends, I employ you and encourage you at some point. We have this amazing, beautiful ministry called Vision Kitchen. Man, you need to go there. Be willing to associate with people. Don't, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to cook anything. Just go sit with them. Love on them. Say, how you doing? You realize they're real people who have real needs. Most of them are, are great people. Most of them, not all of them. Pastor Earl has to kick out people from time to time. He gets cussed out. <laughs> it happens. Earl, Earl's amazing. I don't really mess with him that much, but he still has to deal with riffraff. Right? All right. Creeps, look at your neighbor say it creeps in slowly. Creeps in slowly. slowly creeping. Creeper. It's a sleeper creeper. Creeper sleeper. And so let's read, let's read about how it can creeping slowly. There's this incredible person in the Bible. His name was Uzziah. You guys know this guy? 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 3 through 5. Okay, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. Dang. And he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. Okay. His mother's name. Okay. This lady right here. I'm going to say it. Jekyllia. Yeah, that's, that's how I looked at it. I'm like, this is what it sounds like. This kind of sounds kind of fun. Jekyllia. Uh, she was from Jerusalem. Verse 4. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father. Amaza? 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 Amazia? Amaziah, I mean, there's, there's so many different ways you could say it, right? Okay, he did what was right in the Lord just as his father did. Verse 5, he sought God during the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Uzziah was serving the Lord at 16. Don't say I'm not too, I'm too young. I've got no, check this out, young people, come on. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord, 16 years old, fully, wholeheartedly. Fear of God, sought the Lord, God gave him success. You want the, do, you want, do you want to know what the, the real uh, formula for success is? The scripture tells us. You want to be prosperous and successful in all you do? It says in Joshua, meditate on the law day and night. The word, obviously. So we know what that is. So anyways, 2 Chronicles, so Starts off good. Continuing on here, Second Chronicles. We're going to scoot on down to verse 16 in chapter 26. Verse 16 says, but after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. 
he was unfaithful to the Lord as God. Entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense at the altar of incense. Well, we're going to pause there. You might think, well, why does that even sound bad? Because he was not authorized. He was not a priest. He wasn't a, he wasn't a part of the, 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 the tribe of Levi. He had no authorization doing that. But that's what happens, friends. Pride has us doing things that we should not do. Pride has us believing that we now can do such and such a thing when we never should have done it. And so, so he started off good. He started off strong. But then pride crept in slowly. Slowly, slowly, slowly. He's not the only one, friends. He's not the only one in Scripture that we see that this happened to. And it's so scary because, friends, it can happen to us as well. Perhaps maybe we've had humble beginnings. Perhaps maybe we started off in South Toledo or, or I don't know, the, you know, L.A. or something, you know, where, where it was like really rough. Maybe you started off as a street rat and, and just, you know, everything that, that you've got is because of Christ and he adds his qualities and success and, and he gives you victory and you get wisdom and you start having influence and blah, 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 blah. And then you start thinking that you're something. We see this with King Saul. He had humble beginnings. 1 Samuel chapter 9 Verse 21, Saul is handpicked by God. Say handpicked. Handpicked by God. Does God make mistakes? God don't make mistakes. God saw the qualities in this man named Saul, and he handpicked him. He said, this is the guy. First, God said, I want to be, I want to be king of Israel. They said, no, we want, a, we want a man like every other nation. And what did God do? He gave them what they wanted. And they even prophesied, said that he's going to take the best of your, your flocks and the best of your food, and he's going to take the, your, your, uh, the best of your daughters and blah, 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 blah. They said, we don't care. We want to be like other kings. That is so sad that the church is still like that. We want to be like everyone else. We want to look like everyone else. When God wanted to establish something that was different, holy, and set apart. So he's like, okay, I'm going to give them what they want. And God, in his great wisdom, found a guy, said, this guy. This guy. And so as we're getting into this, I just want to give you a little, a little thing. Um, when I read scripture, uh, I don't, like, uh, you know, we, we often look at the people that are our, our heroes in scripture. And we're like, I want to be like Moses. I want to be like Elijah. I want to be like Peter. But we also have to see the people in the scripture and their failings, and we got to see that in us too. So when I look in scripture and I see King Saul, I don't, I don't look at him and look down at him and, man, he screwed up. Because when I look at King Saul, I say, I have King Saul in me. Right? Every one of us has a Judas in us. <laughs> so 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 21, it says... Uh, in the New International Version, Saul answered, but, I am, not a, but am I not a Benj Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such things to me? He's being handpicked. You're going to be the king. You're anointed. God pulled him out. God handpicked him. He basically said this. Go to the next slide. He was like, you know what, y'all? I'm trash. Like, you know, like. <laughs> 
Why are you picking me? I'm the bottom of the barrel. Have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought that? Why God? Why choose me? I'm nobody. Have you ever had that thought? I've I've asked God. I've I've had conversations with God saying that. I remember when I remember when we were called to plant this campus, Waterville campus. I'm like, God, did you just run out of people? Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like okay. Nope, nope, nope. Bottom of the barrel. Here he is. Come on, Josh. Let's do this. <laughs> like, 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 God, isn't there better? You know, and so you ha- so <laughs> this, <laughs> it's funny, this, uh, this, this picture, this illustration is from Toy Story. And the thing that's, that's so funny about it, and that's why I kind of wanted to kind of pull this up, is because um, if you watch the cartoon, and you don't have to watch it, but if you did watch it, um, the, the little girl, she created this thing with a fork. She named him Sporky, and she's playing with it. And she loved it, and she took it with her everywhere. But the fork, he kept saying throughout the whole thing, I'm trash. I'm trash. I'm trash. But she loved that thing, and she took it, and she was going, and, she, and so she valued this thing. But he was like, I'm trash. I'm trash. And that's how I think sometimes we can believe of ourselves. It's like God handpicked, created design, said this is for you, and you're like, but I'm trash, God. <laughs> I'm white trash. I'm <laughs> so anyways. Okay. Okay. Now you can understand. So maybe maybe you were trash, but now you're treasure. Come on, someone. Coin that. Put that on a t-shirt. Tweet that. Put that on Facebook. From trash to treasure. Come on. So, okay, so, and this is what's amazing. So not only did God pick him, God appointed him. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9, God anointed him and changed his heart. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9, it says, As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart, and all these signs were fulfilled that day. Took his heart and changed his heart. He had a conversion. This is why it's so scary. Saul was handpicked by God. He had a conversion. He had a, he had a, 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 a holy experience where his heart was changed. And yeah, he prophesied. Spirit of the Lord on him. They said, is Saul among the prophets? Because that wasn't like, you know, if you prophesied, it was you were a prophet. You didn't, not just everybody prophesied. But God was just showing him that his hand was on him. Look, I'm showing you that you're set apart. Here we go. You guys ready? So that was back in like chapter 10, go about five chapters down to 1 Samuel chapter 5. Things change in a few chapters, and we don't know how, long, how many years it is or how long it is. We just know it's five chapters later. Verse 12, you ready? Here we go. Verse 12, early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul has gone to Carmel. There, he has set up a monument in his own honor. And he's turned and gone to Gilgal. Does anybody know what happened previous to this? Beginning of chapter 15, right? God told Samuel to slay the Amalekites. He went and slayed all the Amalekites, but saved the king and the best. And then after he had this great victory, then what did he do? Set up a monument to himself. 
Now, let me say this. There's nothing wrong with monuments, right? Like, like I, memorials. The scripture talks about that, you know, memorials. I mean, they would set up memorials for different things. I mean, people would have altars and stuff like that. You know, in our country, we have like, you know, the Abe Lincoln Memorial, whatever. But he didn't build that himself, right? Like, like that's the difference. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with, with saying, hey, look, this is, this is we're, we're putting this in place for generations to know that, that this person did great things for our nation, for our country, for blah, 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 blah. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you set up your own monument, <laughs> look how great I am. <laughs> I mean, what did he do? Did he like stand up on there and be like, here, just carve me? Like, like, how, like how did that work? Like, what, what happened? Like, I don't know. So he sets up a monument in his own honor. Sets it up. His own honor. Pride slowly crept in. This guy went from, I'm the least. Like, why are you choosing me? God changing his heart. He was walking in humility. There's something about that when you have humble beginnings. That you, there's a, there is a humility about that because you know where you came from. But then something changed in him where he started to believe that he was something. And that's what happens. Maybe this is why I believe the scripture says that, that we're not to lay hands on people too swiftly or, or you know, young people like not letting, you know, because they're, if, they're, if they're exalted too fast, they can get puffed up and proud. And we don't, want to, we don't want to destroy people by elevating them too quickly. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12, it says, Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And just uh, to continue on with what happened with Samuel, or excuse me, with Saul, Samuel told him, says, today the Lord is done with you, and he's ripping the kingdom from you and giving it to someone who's worthy. He says, the Lord, is lo he found a man after his own heart. We know who that was, right? That was King, King David. You guys, you guys got it. You're smart scholars in this place. So he set up a monument in his own image, and it was a downward spiral. Dude had a demon, <laughs> tried to kill people. I mean, it just was a downward spiral from there, right? David was his, was his son-in-law, right? He tried to kill his own son-in-law. Just anyways, okay, so. Just, I mean, like I said, I mean, pride, pride will cause you to do things that you are not supposed to do and maybe do things that you never thought you would do. Because there's times when you could see in Saul's life where it's almost like for a moment he has a glimpse of what he's doing. And I, rem and in, I remember reading in one of the uh, things where he's chasing, he's chasing uh, David down, and David had an opportunity to kill him. And he says, and it's almost like, it's, it's almost like he has like, like a shift for a moment. He said, my son David, is that you? And he, and he cries, and he's like, you're, better, you're a better man than I am. But then a few, a few verses later, he goes and trying to kill him again. Like, what's going on here? They schizo. No. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, continuing on, uh, on this, this, this pride. Uh, I almost said pride march. I don't want to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. <laughs> Come on, let's, yeah. We're going we're gonna, to we're, 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 we're beat down this pride here. 
So uh, verse 13, it says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. It doesn't say hate evil people. It says hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. God says he hates pride. He hates arrogance. If God hates it, then maybe we should do our best not to affiliate with it, right? But again, it's something that we have to fight against. So friends, number one, pride creeps in slowly. Number two, people who have pride usually don't recognize it. (laughs) Uh, If you have pride, you usually are blind to your own pride. You usually need somebody in your life, like your wife, that helps you see that you're being arrogant or prideful. You know, like we need people in our life that can love us and that can show, like, I believe anything we can take, you know, way too far off, but I believe that if you have a great relationship with a person, you cannot, you should not only be able to build them up, but you should be able to, in a gentle and a loving and a compassionate way, help them if they're stumbling in an area, right? Come on, somebody. So, like, if somebody is, is, is acting in arrogance or acting in pride or, or this, that, and the other, if you have a great relationship with somebody, you should be able to somewhat try to help them. And they're going to tell you, no, I don't have pride. And the moment they say that, that's a proud, arrogant statement. If you say, I don't have pride, you've just lied to yourself. Because all of us, at some point, have some sort of pride. I mean, this is the thing, right? This is, like, this is like the oldest trick in the book. It's the reason why Satan was cast out of heaven. Because of what? Pride. Come on, someone. Right? He thought, Jesus is, God's running the show. I can do a better job. No, you can't. <laughs> you show you. Boom. Like lightning. Right, people who have pride usually don't recognize it. So pride usually manifests itself in these type of things. You have pride if you find yourself bragging all the time. I kind of brag a little bit. So usually we're some brag and tell y'all what's going on. Look at me, woohoo! Anybody here? They brag a little bit. Like, let me tell you what I'm doing. Come on, raise your hand. Am I the only one? I guess I'm the only one. Okay. I'm the only guy here. Okay, that's okay. Well, I'm about to, I'm about to brag to everybody how our church doesn't brag. <laughs> I'm like, but y'all know your church, my church, they don't brag. <laughs> I'm a brag, I'm a boast about how our church don't boast. <laughs> I'm a brag about how humble our church is. Our church is so humble. They don't brag, they don't boast. Pride manifests itself through criticism. If you have found yourself doing that, raise your hand. Everybody in this place should have their hand up because at some point you said something or you thought something about somebody else that was not of God, that was actually, you know, that would, that would tear them down. Um, this, uh, I heard, this, I heard this, uh, this cool saying, um, and let's see if I can say it right. I'm going to probably screw it up. Um, so, like, uh, uh, so... Um, gossip is when you, gossip is when you tell somebody, you don't tell somebody to their face, but you're willing to talk about them behind their back. Flattery 
is you will tell somebody, you will, you will tell somebody uh, to their face what you aren't willing to say about them behind their back. Did I say that right? Maybe. I don't know. I think I, I, think I, 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 totally, I, think I just totally blew the, screwed that up. Okay, so wipe that from your memory right now. Zoosh. I was trying to come up with a saying that I heard this week and totally bombed it. So good thing I'm not full of pride. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Self-exaltation, that's right. I just got humbled. <laughs> Self-exaltation. So pride manifests itself in boasting, bragging, and criticism. Self-exaltation, that's what Saul did, right? He built a monument to himself. Arrogance. What does arrogance look like? You ever, you, you, uh, if I say, do you know an arrogant person? That, there's a face that probably popped in your brain right then. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Do you know an arrogant person? <laughs> I can't look at the front row right now. <laughs> you know, it's also pretty arrogant. <laughs> I saw all eyes on one person. <laughs> I was looking around I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Being <laughs> arrogant. Uh, are you always right? <laughs> Are you always right? <laughs> Have you ever been proven wrong? If the answer is no, then you're arrogant. <laughs> Another way that pride manifests itself is when you're like stuck up snooty, like you, you know, like you're you're unwilling to associate with people of lower stature, right? So these are just some ways that pride can manifest itself. It also can manifest itself in other ways, like it can manifest itself like when maybe somebody disrespects you or you would disagree with somebody and you like cock up and you're like, you know. Um, it also can manifest itself in, have you ever been corrected and not received correction? I'm talking about legitimate correction, right? I'm not talking about like somebody like saying something that's off the wall. I'm talking about somebody legitimately sees an area of your life and they say something and it and you get butthurt about it. But it's true. But you try, but you don't receive it. You're like, I ain't receiving that. That's not me. Serious. Right? Because it goes, whoo, it hits you right there in the chest, and you know it's true. But you're like, shut up, I ain't listening to you. <laughs> I ain't receiving that. It's of the devil. <laughs> Correction is not rejection. Let me just say that. There's this, there's this belief in our culture now that when, if somebody's correcting you, that that's correction is rejection. Correction is not rejection. The scripture says that, that God disciplines those he loves. He rebukes those whom he calls sons. So God loves us, and discipline is an act of love. And so, friends, if somebody is speaking into your life, if somebody uh, has the capacity of bringing correction in your life, it, it's not rejection. And if you feel rejected from that, then that's an internal thing that you're going to have to work out with God. Because we, and it is, it's pride, because you should be able to receive correction because you're not perfect yet. You will be when you're before him, right? Because we're being conformed into the likeness of Christ, and isn't Christ perfect? Yes, he is. You'll be perfect when you stand before him. All those questions you say, I'm going to ask God, you'll know him. That's pretty wild, huh? Like, I'm going to ask God this, and when you're there, like, well, that was a dumb question. I already know the answer. <laughs> so, so we see, King, we see uh, pride get the best of King Uzziah. We see pride get the best of King Saul. 
How many of us know that also pride happened to David? David gave in to pride towards the end of his reign in 2 Samuel chapter 24. At the end of his reign, he tells, he tells his people, he says, hey, go, go number the people. Number the people. Let's see how many fighting men we have. And they told him, this is not a good idea. But he did it anyway. Friends, if somebody's in your life and telling you it's not a good idea, you should heed that warning at least. Right? You should heed that warning. Praise God for people in our life that say that's not a good idea. Right? They don't have enough faith. Well, maybe it's just not a good idea. Maybe it has nothing to do with faith. Maybe it has everything to do with you being stupid. Right? <laughs> I'm going to number the people. We're going to see how many fighting people we have for the Lord. No. He wanted to be able to boast to see how big his army was. <laughs> and, um, and it happens. And then what happens? And then in... Uh, 1 Samuel, let's see here, or second, I'm sorry, yeah, 2 Samuel chapter 24, at the end of it, the Lord rebukes him, and then, then, and then people died because of his, of his pride. People lost their lives because of one man's pride. Our pride can affect others, friends. You walking in pride can affect your family, can affect your marriage. Your pride could, could actually cause a ripple effect and, and rip apart everything that the Lord has done in your life. That's why we got to be so pride, pride, proud to be humble. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so David sinned and trusting in his own power and numbers uh, and the might of his people instead of God because it's amazing because that was in chapter 24. But in 1 Samuel chapter 17, when he was fighting Goliath, he didn't say it's by the might of this great army. He said it's by the might of the Lord our God. So he went, from, he went from somebody, right, it creeps in slowly, he went from somebody that fought against the Philistines, knowing that it was in the power of God, towards the end of his reign, thinking that the power was within himself. Whew. This can happen to all of us, y'all. So, real quick, it's 11.33, I'm going to finish this off. You guys ready? We need an antidote. Look at your neighbor and say, I need an antidote. I need a pride antidote. I need an antidote. So there's a few things that we can do that to help put pride at bay. I wish you could just pray pride away, but you can't. You actually have to physically or spiritually or mentally or psychologically do stuff that helps you to walk in humility. Okay? The first thing we have to do is we have to remember it was God. Like no matter what you do in life, what success, what position, wherever God elevates. How many of us know God elevates? He wants to elevate. He says that he, right, he, uh, he, he lifts up those. He lifts them up. He wants to elevate. Why? For his purposes, for his glory. What happens is when he elevates, then people elevate themselves. So remember, it was God. Deuteronomy reminds us this. And it says in Deuteronomy, it says this. It says, you may say to yourself in eight, chapter 8, verse 17 through 18, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced wealth for me. I've done all this work, me by myself. It's all me out here. No, it's not. Remember, 
the Lord your God, for it was he who gave you the ability to produce wealth and so confirm his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors today. So anytime we do anything of any significance, it was God, period. You already knew this. God knew this. And back in Deuteronomy said, look, you're going to start thinking, you're going to start thinking highly of yourself. You're going to start amassing wealth for yourself. You're going to be like, look at all this hard work I've done. I gave you the strength. I gave you the breath. I gave you the grace. I gave you the ability. Come on, somebody. Receive that right now in the name of Jesus. Everything that we have and do is from him. It is God. So so we can say in, in a real way, not in a false humility way, no, friends, it's God. You know, not like, no, it's God. It's not me really wanting to be seen, but I'm pretending I don't want to be seen. No. Like, seriously, like, just say, you know, like when people tell me stuff like, hey, that was a great message today, Josh. I'm like, thank you. I did such an amazing job. No, I don't do any of that. <laughs> but that's what wants to happen in my heart. Like, yes, another one for the kingdom. You know what I usually say? I'm telling you, hey, can I be real here? Somebody says, you know, not that you shouldn't compliment people. Compliment them. They need that. Like, hey, that was a great message. And I'll say, you know what? You'll hear me say out of my mouth, amen, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm not saying that in a religious way. That's my voice reminding myself everything is from him. Like, praise God. Thank you, Lord. So giving him the glory, right? Come on. Remember it was him. Remember where you came from. It's all by the grace of God. But by the grace of God. I'm still standing. Come on. That's a, uh, right? Israel, who? Israel, home? Or, no. Or, yeah, anyways, okay. Number two. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like 1136. We were done like six minutes ago, the poor kids workers. Number two, friends, clothe yourself with humility. This is, this is the paramount one. This is, this is the one that we need to remember and, and live by on a daily basis. And it's found in 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, verse uh, 5 through 6. I wish, again, I... I wish that humility was a fruit of the Spirit. I wish it was a gift of the Spirit. I wish it was something that you could just like automatically just the Lord just like drop into your spirit, but it's not. It's something that it's a choice. Just like living for Christ every day is a choice. Say humility Humility. is a choice. It's a choice. You can choose to be humble or you can choose to not be humble. And so it says in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, 5 and 6, it says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. (laughs) <laughs> Listen to us, y'all. No, just joking. Um, <laughs> all of you, all of you, say me, all of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Right? Like, listen, friends, you've already got enough opposing you. You've got Satan opposing you. You've got the kingdom of darkness opposing you. You've got demons opposing you. You've got sin opposing you. You've got the flesh opposing you. You've got the sinful nature opposing you. You've got the world's values opposing you. I mean, you got, there's so many things that are already in opposition to you because you are part of the kingdom of God. The last thing you need is God opposing you. Come on, you put on humility because you want to be a friend of God. You want to be, what, you want to be a part of what God is giving, and you want, that, you want that favor, right? You want that grace. Another translation says, but he shows grace to the humble. I need grace. And then it says, it says verse 6, humble your neighbor. Humble your spouse. 
<laughs> yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Humble them. Humble yourself. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. God wants to lift you up. He wants to. But if he sees that you're full of yourself, he's going to have a hard time lifting you. You're a little too weighty. You're a little too arrogant. And he knows that if he lifts you up, that it's going to actually destroy you. Praise God that he knows, right? I mean, if you, if you don't get anything today, friends, get that. I Clothe yourself with humility. You put that on. Put on your clothes of humility. Finally, number three, friends, give praise where it's due. Like, seriously. Like, every, every person in this place is here because of multiple people that have influenced and poured into your life. Like, give them the praise that they're due. Right? You know it was your praying mama. It was your praying grandma. It was some man of God who invested in you. It was some woman of God. It was some praying saint. It was somebody. It was some pastor. It was some coach. It was some leader. It was some teacher that all of us are a part of all of these people who poured into our life. Give praise where praise is due. The scripture says that we're tested by the praise we receive. So when you receive praise, I'll tell you what, friends, when people, uh, and, and this is not, this isn't arrogant or anything like that. When people, when people are always telling me how awesome our church is, I always point, I always point to, to the people, the leadership of our church. Because it is. It's, it's the church body. They're like, wow, you're doing such amazing things in South Toledo. You've been doing it for so long. I said, we have amazing leaders who sacrifice. We have amazing people who diligently serve, and they don't need accolades, and they don't need positions. Because, friends, that's where praises do. The church isn't Josh Hester and Joy Hester. The church is the collective body of Christ building up Northwest Ohio. Give praise where praise is due. In the Amplified, in Proverbs chapter 27, this is my final one, right? Yes. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 21, it says, the refi- and in the Amplified, I thought this was the best version of it. It says, the refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold to separate impurities of metal. Each, talking about us, each is tested by the praise given to him and his response to it, whether humble or proud. So praise is what tests your life. What do you do with it? When somebody wants to tell you how special and awesome and amazing you are, and you're like, yes, you're right. Or you could be like, praise God, it's all Him. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we just want to say thank you, God, that we have the privilege of being together in your name, and it is an honor and privilege to be in your name. And Lord, we're gathered here today because of everything that you've done for us. And uh, God, that, that you loved us and you've called us and Lord, and you've brought us together and Lord, you've brought us in one accord and Lord, we want to say thank you for your, your presence this morning. It's amazing that you show up here and that you are, uh, God, honored by the praise of every person in this room. And God, we want to walk in humility. God, we don't want to be proud. We know that's the oldest trick uh, that, that Satan, Lucifer, he himself was in your very presence and began to think highly of himself and then was rejected. And that's what happens, people who start to begin to think that there's something special. Lord, you oppose them. And Lord, we don't want to be opposed by you, God. We don't want to be opposed, uh, God, by your presence or, or, God, by what you want to do in our life. But God, we want to walk in humility. And so, Lord, we recognize this. That's why we're talking about the greatest, uh, the, uh, the oldest tricks. God, we recognize that each and every one of us uh, have some sense of pride in our life. And that pride could be masked, uh, uh, God, in um, 
uh, us, us, us having uh, different ways of, of masking it and, and maybe it manifesting itself in different ways. Lord, I pray that we would have, God, just an awareness of ourself and our life, God, and that we would give praise where praise is due. God, we would clothe ourselves with humility. And Lord, that we would know that it's all for you and it's all from you. Lord, your word says, in you we live and move and have our being, and that is the absolute truth. So Lord, I pray your blessing and your strength and your grace to be upon each person in here today. God, I pray that they would feel built up today, that they would feel encouraged. Lord, we thank you that your word washes us today. Let our minds be renewed even the rest of, of this Sunday, God, as we were able to gather together and hear from your word. And friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...